0: What's going on, beautiful people? This is Mr. No Excuses and my man, Jay. What's going on? What's going on? With another episode of the Hidden Truths Podcast, where we provide therapy through conversation, restoring trust and community advocacy, one conversation at a time. What are those skeletons you've been hiding in your closet? What are those uncomfortable conversations that you need to have that may be holding you back from your progress? The more we talk about it, the more we communicate openly and honestly about it, the more we can start trusting each other. The more we start trusting each other, the more we can start building and growing with each other. So that's what we're here to talk about with the Hidden Truths Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe. We're available on all social media platforms and all listening platforms. Hidden Truths Podcast. So this week for our community spotlight, we are shouting out Sunburger Veggie Cuisine. Their own Instagram, spelled just like it sounds. Sunburger Veggie, oh, almost just like it sounds. V e g e Cuisine. Sunburger Veggie Cuisine, and Veggie is V e g e, one word. You can find them for those who live in the Charlotte and surrounding areas at Central Food Hub, which is off of Central Avenue in uh, Plaza Midwood area from 11 to three on Saturday and Sundays, and they also deliver. They deliver, they'll send out a menu to you uh, beginning of the week so you can pick out what you want and have it delivered to your home or wherever you need to. They also have a food truck as of recently, so you can check them out there too. The food, because that's always the important question, how is the food? Yes,
1: very much important.
0: The food is blazing. Handmade vegan burgers. They had, I've had a beet burger, which is blazing. And yes, I did say beets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. What else have I had from them? Um, they have a plantain sandwich. Mm, interesting. Sliced plantains on, Uh, can't remember what type of bread it was, but that's blazing. Um, bean burgers, the bean burgers are blazing. Everything I've had from them are good. And it's a local uh, Black-owned business, two brothers. Um, like I said, they're doing their thing, man. I came across them about two months ago. So check them out. That's Sunburger Veggie Cuisine. Uh, catch them on the gram. Just spell that out for you. Sunburger V-E-G-E Cuisine. All right. So, Jay, what's that good word for today, my brother?
1: Well, well, well. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that a lot of people may not focus on because it's it's not it's not one of the topics that a lot of people know about um, military life and I guess we chose this topic due to the fact that personally I have a background in the military so we want to give uh, the the podcast where a little taste of what it's like to you know be in the world of the military and maybe you know answer some of the questions that y'all may have had or never knew or just, just hear what the lifestyle is of a military person outside of just hearing about it on the news because the news can sway things a lot of times and sometimes you just don't know what people go through when they're going in the military. So if you have family members that are there or if you, you know, um, friends or whatnot, maybe, you know, you can hear some of the things that, you know, they may or may not go through. So today, military life. That's our
0: topic. All right. A soldier story. I like it, I like it, I like (laughs) it.
1: Not Master P now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Make him say, uh. So let me ask you this. Um, How old were you when you decided to enlist, and what branch of the military were you in? Well,
1: when I decided to enlist, I was 19 years old. And it was, to me, I was right after high school. So I graduated high school, and... I know I've told a story on our podcast before but wasn't the wasn't the stellar student like you know a lot of a lot of people may perceive me to be or may have may have been themselves but definitely wasn't the stellar student coming out of high school
0: well I don't perceive you to be that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so out of high school I um you know ran the streets and had a good old time as a 15 16 17 18 year old in high school and um, after I got out, i was in a place to where i got to see something that a lot of people may not got to see i got to see a lot of my friends from high school leave me behind and go to college and that's that's a very unique experience because getting left behind is not something people like to see or like to feel so going out of high school and not getting you know into every college like a lot of people getting these college acceptance letters was not
0: my life my life was what am i gonna do Did you actually apply to colleges? I did. I did. And I
1: actually got into a couple of them. I won't say I got none of them, but I got into a couple of them. And I'm not down in any schools. I'm not down in any schools, but there are some schools that have programs to where they're not just going to turn you away because you were a knucklehead in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I got into um, Josh C. Smith. Um, I got into Central University. I think it's the only two I applied to. Okay. I applied to AT, but I wasn't good enough to be an Aggie for y'all Aggie pride <laughs> people out there at first. So, oh, didn't make it that, that far. Didn't make it that far. So, after that, I um, got a job. I had a job working at the YMCA, I think. Doing, Hold on. Um, go ahead.
0: Back up a minute. So, you got accepted. Why didn't you go to college?
1: Because at the time, um, my grandmother had moved down um, from New York, and um, her being an educated woman herself, we went up to the school and she, you know, which one Smith or Central? I went to Smith, okay. You visited Smith, visited Smith and went to enroll and everything. But you know, I wasn't able to get like scholarships or anything. So, back when I did this, they were like, Oh, okay, here 25,000 a year. Who 20 what?
0: That was the bill. That was,
1: that was how much the okay, bill. Yeah. So, she was like, You know, that may not be the best route right now. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um Oh, you know, I'm. oh boy, I did get into another college. Um, a small college. A lot of y'all may have heard of. You're from Charlotte or from the surrounding area. I got into Barbara
0: Scotia College. Yeah, I heard of Barbara Scotia.
1: Yeah, this was before I think they lost their accreditation and um, whatnot. But I got into there. So we went up there and she said there's no way in the world she's going to let her grandson go <laughs> 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 No offense to anybody that graduated from there, but, you know. So, um what happened was a cousin of mine, because a lot of my family members are in the military. a Cousin of mine came here to Charlotte for two years as a recruiter, and he basically um, told me about a lot of the benefits of going to the military, and those benefits
0: outweigh what I was doing at the moment. So you know, because you uh, said uh, okay, so after you didn't uh, you didn't go to college route, so you were working. Yeah, I was working. So how long of a a gap in time was it between the time that you graduated high school and enlisted in the military? You said that you enlisted at what nineteen? Yeah, I graduated at eighteen, enlisted at nineteen. Okay. Well, I
1: was I was pretty much gone at nineteen. Gotcha, gotcha. So you didn't have a long no, no gap. No, no, it didn't take long for me to realize I had to do something. Before I <laughs> it ended up uh, somewhere I ain't need to be, so it wasn't <laughs> a long gap at all.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so that was uh the reason for you going. So. It was mainly you had to do something with your life and the military yeah. was the best option yes, at the time. Yes, yes, yes. Um So what it, was that process like as far as, you know, actually enlisting, enrolling? Like were you were you nervous at all? Were you were you scared?
1: Um, the scaredness didn't come till you actually leave. Um enrolling was pretty simple. I mean, my uh, my recruiter, again, which was my cousin, but all recruiters are pretty much the same. Um, guide you through the whole turn. You go down what you do is you go down to the recruiting office, and you pretty much take a test called an ASVAB. Yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. like what we would consider, um, what's it? Like an SAT. Like an SAT, okay. but just more more structure for the military side. Okay. Um, you take the ASVAB, and you see what your score is, and your score depicts the job you get to pick to pick from. So it's not like you can go in there and be like, hey, I want to be a nuclear tech. No, you got to score high enough to be in that job field. uh uh-huh so um when i took the asvab um i don't remember what i scored but um i scored high enough to get in a program that that they have currently gotten away of called jobs and what jobs is is a program that allows you to when you go into the the when you go into the military you after you go through boot camp you actually get to pick between like five jobs so it's kind of like a.
0: It's like a rotational program.
1: No, 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 not a rotational. Or it's just, just you just get one. your choice to pick one of those jobs gotcha. that has availability.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Okay.
1: Um. So um. Once you get so you sign your contract and you say, hey, this is the program I'm going into. Usually, is you pick just yes, your job. You know, right when you get out of boot camp, you're going to your job. But my route was just a little different. But you know, because I wanted to, I wanted to pick more of a specialty job, but. Um, that was the best way for me to do it with my ASVAB score. So after that, you actually stay, you actually get a date to leave. It's called a ship out date. And the ship out date is the date that you ship out to go to boot camp. So um, I think I took my ASVAB score in October-ish, and then I didn't leave till January, February, March, February, February, the okay. end of February. So during that time, what they do is you do like little things for, the um, recruiting recruit. So you help recruit other people. You go out to the schools and talk about your process. Okay. And you know you just help the recruiters with their job of recruiting other other recruits. Okay,
0: makes sense. Mm-hmm. So what was your job in the military?
1: Well, before we get to that, we might want to go through the process because we still haven't okay. gotten to that yet.
0: Okay. So so talk talk so, more about the process.
1: Um, after that, we leave from here. We left. I left from here. We go downtown to the um, federal building. Every major city has what's called a federal building where you uh, you have your federal jobs, FBI, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's um, the one down here on Fourth Street. Yes. Yeah. Correct. And on that day, they pick you up in a van, and that van heads down there. And when you get inside, it's kind of. Uh, best way I can describe it, it's kind of like you're sitting in a long line of chairs against a wall with a whole bunch of recruits going in. It's its kind of kind of scary. That's when it gets scary because it's like, you know nobody. They put a bag in front of you and your belongings that you come with stay there. Sound
0: like you're going to jail. It does.
1: <laughs> it does. But it, it it's after a while you learn it's a humbling process because it's mm-hmm. like, what you come in with is not what makes you. So they're like, you know, just because you got the gold chain on, you got them Jordans on, that's not what makes you. We're going to show you what makes you who you really are. And at that time, I kind of needed that because I ain't know who what made me. I thought I was just a man in these streets, but nah, that was by far what it was. So,
0: so let me ask you this. Um, as far as the cast that you saw sitting in line, like, could you kind of get a read on the type of personality or type of people they were? Like, did they seem like... They were in a similar circumstance to you. No, you it's, not it's
1: it's not really. It's kind of hard to read because everybody comes from different paths. You have True. people from struggles that like that's their escape route. Um, you have people that come from being lost, that's myself. Like I didn't know what I was gonna do. You have people that been wanting to go to the military since they were young. You know that mm-hmm. was their thing. I'm gun ho. I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. Um, you have other people that have family members kind of like a family thing you know mm-hmm. my mom was in the military my dad my granddad I'm in the military too so you know it's just different types and during this stage everybody it's not really a lot of talking this is pretty much everybody wondering what's next mm-hmm. Every, what they do what this process allows you to do is to become set the same as everybody else nobody's different yeah. so they take your belongings and give you the same outfit as everybody else and a duffel bag and you all on your way um, depending on your, depending on your, um, depending on your branch of service, depends on where you're going. I actually enlisted into the Navy at the time. Um, also at the time, my brother was trying to get me to go to the army cause he's actually currently army as well. Um, so at that time I shipped off to great lakes, Illinois, uh, right outside of Chicago. And that was my next journey in, in my time in the military. So, uh, us. Yeah, Ooh. Chicago. What? Chicago in February. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Rude awakening. Rude. Actually, I'm wrong. I mean, yeah, I'm. Was it February? I'll make sure get my. Regardless of right. what time you
0: go to Chicago. Yeah,
1: I, it actually. So, uh, my dates are a little wrong. I shipped out in October. You shipped out in October? I shipped out okay. October 1st. So, my boot camp was October and November. So, um. We get off the plane, a bus picks us up, it takes
0: us to... Uh, and this is once you actually touch down in once Chicago. Once I touch down in Chicago. Okay.
1: Uh, they take us to uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, and we bypass all these big buildings to go to boot camp. What they call hell, but it's, it's boot
0: camp. Yeah, this is your PT, oh, yeah, you know, it's, physical training. It's
1: Exactly. Everything yeah. you just said is what it is. It's all training. So we get there, we get off the bus, they show us to where we're going to go, and that's when the journey of the military starts.
0: Okay, so what was that experience like, especially going through boot camp, you know, coming from Charlotte, going to Chicago, completely different environment, you're around new people that you don't know, a new experience. So what was those first couple of weeks, months like up to the point where you kind of got your bearings?
1: Well, for me, it was weird because one of the things that, that caught me at first was there were no women around. I was like, all these dudes, there's no females. To that was a change. Like, what? what's going on? Like, no females. I think um, where, where the females were kept were a little different. Um, but you got to think military-wise, the ratio of men to women is far Oh yeah, different. So you're talking about 25 to 1 or something like that. So you, you're not going to see a lot of
0: females. So, um, <laughs> sound like my engineering classes back in school.
1: Hey, I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> shit, I was happy to see a cafeteria later in this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, one of the things you get there, and like you said, you got people from all nationalities in mm-hmm. one bunker. So, I think we had a bunker of 50, 20, 30, 40, 40, excuse, 40. And when you first get there, you know nobody's name, you know nobody, it's just you and a whole bunch of other guys with different attitudes, different personalities, people that think they're tough, people that don't, you know I know uh, people might actually think of this as like a jail or incarceration but at the end of it, I guess maybe hopefully what I'm the story I'm telling will make you understand why it's the way it is um, so they put you in here and you, you, know, you get your bunk mate, you put your stuff up and the first thing they do they make you go outside and line up and yell your name, and yell at you, and tell you whatever you think you know, whatever you think you can do, you can't do it because you're just the same as the man beside you. And if you think you're not, we're gonna show you that you're not. So that's that's the week. So during this time, um, during this time, we just basically they start PT, PTing you early in the morning to get you to get your mind trained. They get, they break you down to train you back up, and. It's, it's an amazing process that what they do is to break you down. They break they don't break you down mentally to, to the point where they, you're, you think you're nothing. They break you down to show you that what you think you know, there's so much more out here to learn. And they're, they're just basically trying to show you that you're not here alone. You're here in a group. And you learn that this group of people you came in with are not just a group of people. Because at the end of this two months, I knew everybody's name because they're your brother. These are the people you that have your back in every situation you do. Um, I never forget one night, it was about four, three thirty in the morning, uh, metal trash can thrown down the aisle, waking you up. Wake up, get up, time to go. Well, I'm going at 3:30 in the morning, it's up to sleep.
0: <laughs> about to find out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, you gotta go out and you know, push doing push-ups at 3:30 in the morning in Chicago.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's not cool.
1: And so, you know, I know people watch all these military movies and see stuff, but a lot of the stuff is true. Like you be doing push-ups and till you can't do no more. E you making do 50 push-ups. I make and only do 20. Now I drop at the 20, he still want his 30 push ups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what you got other people for to say, hey, let me take what he can't do. And you learn to bear the load of others because you're not one, you're not you're not one person, you're a unit. So, um, the whole time we learn to march together, we learn to eat together, we learn to exercise together, we learn the mentality of the Navy together. And at the end of all that, you become in sync as one group. And it's it's an amazing process. And it it humbles the hell out of you. It really puts you in a place where you're like, man, the things you thought were important are really not as important as being a team of brothers band together.
0: It sounds a lot like initiation. Yeah, I can see that. It sounds a lot like initiation. It sounds that. very similar to stories that I've heard from uh, cats who have um, pledged Greek life. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Very, very similar. Very similar. So that that's interesting. So did you ever... What, what were some of the personalities that you saw that came out? I mean, did you see folks crumble? Did you see leaders emerge? What What was that like?
1: Um, Both. You see a lot of tough guys turn from tough to not tough.
0: Yeah, you realize oh, real quick, the
1: all that's a front. Real, mm-hmm. real
0: quick. <laughs> see,
1: I mean, I, I, I guess... you're just
0: talking about with the PT process, the boot camp.
1: No, I'm talking about your, at, just, in general. just people want to act tough and you see people in the street that want to buck up to people sometime mm-hmm. and get all big in their chest. That don't work in boot camp. You can't you, you buck up in your chest your chest might get bucked back mm-hmm. it's, it's a big possibility because I mean there's no place in the military for you to feel like you can just run things you can be a leader but it's not for your place to run things so no nah, you, you, you got put in your place ain't, ain't no joke now nah. because you have what's called a, a drill sergeant and his people that work for him and you don't want to deal with that especially if you get the right one female or male they put you in your place real quick. So you see that, you do see some leaders step up. You see some people that don't that think they are leaders and figure out that maybe their best thing is to follow. Everybody has their role, and you learn your role. Like I was, I was a yeoman. So what the yeoman does is basically I got all the mail for everybody. So you know when the parents or siblings or wives sent mail, you know you had to get pick it up. So my job was to go pick the mail up, um, do some of the duties of. Um, of um, the drill sergeant and whatnot. So that was my job. And so you learn that even the smallest job, somebody got to do it. We had a person Mm -hmm. that cleaned the latrine. Everybody cleaned the bathroom. It wasn't one person that didn't. I don't care how super duper clean you were or how prissy you thought you was, everybody cleaned the bathroom. You learn nobody (laughs) nobody is too good to do nothing. Yeah, everybody matters. Yeah, everybody matters. and one of the things you see is the the fact of what it's like to really miss the things that are important like you miss your family man it's one of them things you're a very family oriented person you will learn that you want to, you miss your people you get what one phone call a week or something like it's been a long time since I've been in so I could be corrected but
0: you get like one phone call home a yeah, week you ain't got no visitation now,
1: yeah so I guess. think when I first got there you got you got a two-minute call just to just let one person know, oh, I made it, and that's it. And I don't even think it's two. It might not even be two minutes, but you got enough time to say, hey, I made it. Click. That's it. And
0: hey, then you I'm, said you only get how many visits? Maybe you one a month, perhaps. Visits.
1: You said visit? Yeah. You don't get no visits. You get mail, and you get yeah. maybe a phone. I, get, I think you get a phone call in week four. You start getting more privilege. As you grow in the process, you get more and more privileges. You get to call home more. Mm-hmm. You get to, you know... All only thing in the first four weeks you get is letters. You can get a letter from your mom or, you know, somebody that sends you mail there. And that's, you, you got to think about how grueling a process that is. You going through hell and you get a letter from your mom saying, you know, you do what you got to do to make it out here. I'm here for you. It's, it's yeah, a, that'll help. That'll
0: break you down real quick.
1: Brother, I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> it's something, man. So, now, did you
0: ever have any moments where you wanted, where you thought, man, I might have chose the wrong path. Like, oh, I don't. shit, the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, am I sure I did the wrong place? This is <laughs> crazy.
1: But at the end, I got to say that it was, it was a, one of the greatest feelings I've had um, to, to accomplish to do it. Because um, to finish boot camp, we had two tests. We had a drill test, which is basically um, we learned to march in sync. So if you ever seen it on TV or you ever tried to get people to do something in order, in sync, we had 40 guys that had to march in sync and turn and turn and turn and stop and pivot all in, in sync without losing a beat. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's like choreography, basically.
1: Exactly. exactly. Um, along with that, we had what's called Hell Night. So we stayed up 24 hours. We did our regular routine during the day and then 9 o'clock that night we had to do a hell hell night so basically that whole night we did drills we um, ran across the whole, whole um, boot camp area so we would go from station to station one station is we got to put a fire out on a, on a ship so we had a uh, man made ship that we had to go put a fire out We had to trail water for like I don't know 10 something minutes Whatever it was I forget what it is I
0: would have failed that one
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, We had to uh, We had to We had to put the fire out We had to save a man We had a lot of different drills to
0: do mm.
1: While running to each drill The whole night so from nine to six in the morning,
0: that's all we did. That's the original obstacle course. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: So imagine how tired you are after that. This is crazy. So um, after that, after you pass that, and after you, um, after we do the divisional march, it's graduation day. And
0: after that, and this is still we're still the boot in boot camp. camp, yeah.
1: And after that, two and a half months. Well, I want to say it's two and a half months, three months. You finally get to see like your parents come up see you march and sink and visit
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you finally get to leave the base. Now I, you don't get to leave the base at all this whole time. So it's a different story. So, okay. You know, a lot of emotional crime because, you know, you finally seen your loved ones and stuff like that. And that's it. And then you, I think they leave, you get to leave the base for like 12 hours, go with the parents, go out to eat, stuff like that. Then you got to come back because you're not finished. Um, Then you got to
0: get your assignment. So, now, this is the actual job. This is when, mentioning.
1: well, most people just find out where they're going because they already picked their job. Uh-huh. My particular school, I found out what what job I had. So, um, my job was called ET, which is electronic technician. So, my job would be to fix all the electronic equipment on the ship for communications.
0: Ah. Yeah. That would explain your love of electronics and gadgets. Oh. I
1: think so. That's why I go broke at times. Yeah. <laughs> So after you get that, the very next day they give you a day. It's called a day, like a day of freedom. So you get to lead a base for a day, because after that you get to go to your school. And it's funny, cause you, let me ask you, if after all that, what would be the first place you think you would go?
0: After being in boot
1: camp. Yeah, and you get you get a day of freedom. They give you a day to go out in your uniform, just do whatever. Oh, I'm going to find me some women. (laughs) So it's funny you say that. The first place most people go after that is a strip club it's first place it's like hey what's the closest strip club
0: but it probably wouldn't have been the strip club because I can't do that with with
1: them trust me after three months you just want <laughs> to see something <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why I went I was like hey I'm right behind y'all so um, and then you go you know I went to the city of Chicago seen Chicago for the first time stuff like that because it's just an experience and then you ship off to your school my school happened to be in Chicago so I got to spend my first winter with negative ooh, two degrees Shit. right off Lake Michigan. Was it Lake Michigan? Lake yeah,
0: because you're right there off the lakes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Worst, worst winter ever. So my, mm. it depends on your school. You do your school for a whole year. My school was a, was a long school because it was very technical. So I spent two years up in Chicago doing um, electronic technician school. After that, they give you your actual... Place to go where your ship or your land station going to be, where you'll be living. Mm-hmm. I actually did another school in Virginia. And, then and this I, was after that two this years? Was after that two years. Okay.
0: And then I headed to Florida. Okay. So from Chicago to VA. How long were you in VA? A year. A year. And then. Headed to Florida, and at, at, during this time, you're still working as an electronics technician.
1: I was in school the whole time, learning different things. So, like, I, um, when I went to VA, it was a whole nother school for me. Oh, okay, I was gotcha. in a very technical, you know, position, so they wanted to teach me all this stuff. So, whatever. But
0: okay, so this is still school before you even get to your position. Yeah,
1: my position was in Florida.
0: Okay, so school mm-hmm. in Chicago, VA, then start your job yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you now. What part of Florida?
1: Um, Jacksonville.
0: Well, I know you was glad to see some warm weather after Boy, being in Chicago.
1: I was happy to see Virginia Beach, but shit, Florida <laughs> was good, too. It was. It was. It was a good time. I um, got to Florida, and my ship was still away. Um, I was stationed on the John F. Kennedy uh, the um, aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. That's another very interesting memory of mine, seeing an aircraft carrier pull up for the first time. The ship that's like four, five. Football fields long, yeah, it's a massive thing, right? People, unless you see it, you really don't understand the the um, mass of how big a ship like that is. So it was a crazy experience. So sorry, I was long winded. Had to go through the whole.
0: Yeah, you had to you had to paint the picture for us. Um, So during this time, after you got your job, then. Well, actually, let me back up, because what I wanted to ask was, did you ever get deployed during that time?
1: So, luckily, I didn't have to get deployed. Um, well, our ship didn't have to go out, because what happened was my ship was getting dry docked at the time. So, that means it comes in for, like, two or three years to get fixed,
0: to go back out. Oh, just maintenance. Okay. Yeah, just maintenance. So, But,
1: you know, such a big ship, it
0: takes forever. So,
1: right. it was getting maintenance. So, by the time it came back in, oh. Uh, you know, I didn't have to really go. No, I mean, we went out, but I didn't have to do like the long Japan type thing. So, hmm.
0: Okay. So you were still stationed in the U.S. during the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I didn't go cross seas with it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Would you do it again? No. Nah. You- <laughs> no, nah, <nah>, I'm straight. <laughs> Once is enough. Ah, I get it. I'm good. So, so out of all that, what was some of the biggest lessons for you that came out of it? Man,
1: um, I cherish people closely that you know. um, I try, I try to cherish people closely that are close to me. Like you know, you learn your relationships, and I think one of the things I've learned is that you know, I really cherish my relationships with my brothers, as you and Mm -hmm. the other fellas, and you know, other people in my life. So you learn to cherish that because these people, especially the people that really are close to you, will have your back. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. you learn. You learn to sense people that's really genuine. Um, that lesson. Um, the world's a big place. It's a huge place. That's probably the other lesson I learned. Don't settle for what I think I know is out there.
0: You go explore because the world is massive. Because before that, I'm assuming. Nope, never. In Charlotte, yeah, Atlanta. Yeah.
1: Probably the farthest of land, I think. I got you. Um. So. Do, you know, don't let my confines confine me to just that small area and don't judge people just by how they look. You mm-hmm. know, there's so many different, different types of people just, you know, don't judge
0: them. Yeah. I mean, cause you'll be surprised cause we all judge anything. Like judge has a negative connotation. It's just, that just means that we assess situations, individuals, so everybody does. There's nothing wrong with it. It's how you act based off of that judgment. Right. And you'll be surprised. Some of the people that we may think may not know anything or may be a certain way are the complete opposite. You know, the person that you think is may turn out to be your enemy would be a number one rider. You're right. And vice versa.
1: You're right. I've seen
0: it firsthand. Yeah. Did you have any dropouts?
1: Uh, out of military? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, most of them came to boot camp. A lot of them mm-hmm. just couldn't take it, man. I mean, it's tough. It's, it's not. I have I, to I, I take that back. A lot of them tried. They, they, they weren't there to fail you. They were there to help you. Um, but did I see it? Yeah, no, I saw it. You have to
0: be mentally tough to go it is. through that.
1: It is. And it shows you how your mental capacity is. It really tests you. You can be strong as I don't know what physically, but some your mental capacity can be weak. Mm-hmm. it really tests that um you, it's funny because you see the things people do to try to, to try to get out because they're like i can't do it i mean you'll see the straightest person saying you know yeah <laughs>
0: hey
1: hey i can't hey because <laughs> hey.
0: you know for those who don't know because everybody ain't familiar with military tech, right. and i don't even know if it's the same way now but i know at least you know back then, you know, early, mid-2000s, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you were gay, you couldn't serve in the military. Correct, correct, correct. I doubt that's the case today, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know all the regulations with it now, but back then, it, it wasn't hearing that. Mm-hmm. So, if you was, you got to go.
0: That's interesting. That's, it is. that's very interesting. It is. So, let me ask you this. Um, Keep them coming. You know, I got some
1: time. I got some time. <laughs> Alright, cool. Well, we got
0: all the time in the world. Yeah, yeah. Almost. So, You know, we know in 2019 and looking at your experience in the military, you know, obviously, you know, we live in a very racist society. You know, Mm -hmm. even back then, because I mean, I'm saying back then, like it was a long time ago. This wasn't that long ago. You know, we're talking about maybe 10, 15 years or so. Did you notice within uh, the Navy, within the branch you were in? Some of the same racism, racism that we notice on the outside world.
1: You do. It, it just hits you at different times. During boot camp, I think nobody looks at color. You know, it's a different story. Too busy looking at the ground. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Um, once you get into your job, it's almost just like being in,
0: being a corporate American.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's it's you know it's a job. It's a nine to five, or I mean, it could be longer. But you 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 going to do a job for a bigger cause, and there's racism in there.
0: Because a lot of people think that, you know, when you say you served in the military, Navy, or or any branch of the military, that, you know, you're at war, fighting, killing, you know, whatever the case may be, which is not always the case. So, I mean, the job that you were doing, was it just a, it wasn't just a regular domestic job, you were doing work for, you know, military branches, or, you know, how how was that?
1: Well, I mean, my job, like I said, um, was all the communication gear, so...
0: But like, it's for military equipment. Yeah, all military right, equipment. Right,
1: right. So, like, one of the biggest things I had to do was maintain the red phone, which is the direct contact from the president to the ship to call in whatever. And so that's a major thing, you know, yeah, exactly. to have up and running. So, I mean, you know, you got just different things that, you know, you have to keep going. Again, after a while, it's just a job. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a job. But with racism, you see racism all the time. It's And it's funny because There are more black people in the military to me than there are any other nationality.
0: That's interesting. Makes you wonder why.
1: I I wonder. I mean, mean, could it be because we don't have the structure that we need, because we feel like that's one of the best routes for us to go?
0: That's what, and this gets very deep. Um, Part of your question, I think the answer is yes. Because, I mean, even comparing your scenario, a lot of people, especially black parents who may not know what to do with their kids, their children, go to the military so you can get some discipline. That's true. And yes, while you do gain discipline in the military? It's not the military's job to discipline you. Mm-hmm. That is the parent's job. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, within the black community, we, we see it all the time, you know, uh, single parent households or, uh, you know, kids with no father figures around, no male role models around. So you see that lack of discipline at an early age because of the type of environment that we're in. And I'm not going to go too deep in the rabbit hole on, on that topic because I think we all understand where a lot of that comes from. But because of that, you know, you have teenagers teenage men teenage boys um, that have a lack of discipline and no other route college might not be an option the nine-to-five minimum wage job you know that may be okay but when you have a military option where you know you'll get uh, school you get education uh, you know you get your meals Mm -hmm. uh, you get a job standard job placement that sounds a lot better like you said earlier it's a lot better than what many of us have as far as our options So that's one of the reasons you see a lot of us going to the military. Because when you look at, I would venture to guess, when you look at a lot of other households, you know, Caucasian, Hispanics, Mm -hmm. Jewish, you know, whatever you want to call it. I would venture to guess that if they go to the military, it's because their family went to the military, not because, hey, little Johnny, you need some discipline in your life. Mm -hmm. I agree. You don't really hear that motto in... Uh, and, and racial, other racial ethnicities. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons that we see a lot of it. And you know, I was thinking about this earlier too. It's a lot of what you were just describing earlier, as far as you know, kind of breaking you down to build you up. You know, I I understand that to an extent, but that's also it can also be compared to brainwashing.
1: I guess I know because when you them. break
0: somebody down when you break the physical down and you break the mental down, it becomes easier to control that person. Mm. And when you have somebody who's undisciplined or undisciplined mind, it's easier to control an undisciplined mind because Mm. in actuality, a lot of us who may be undisciplined are actually craving discipline. And when you get that, you get that love, that brotherhood, you know, it's, I'm not going to compare it to gang life in the sense of the violence, but a lot of, men join gangs because of the brotherhood because they don't have any other love anywhere else so regardless of what you're doing i know it may not be the best thing for me as far as a lifestyle but the brotherhood and the camaraderie so when you have when you see that option being pitched to you i.e in the military you cling to it that's true you cling to it so let me ask you this question um and the climate that we live in in 2019 you know have been for you know, decades and decades how do you reconcile military life and going to the military with the, the, the racist uh, climate that we live in and the racist policies and, and the politics and the reason I ask that is because there's a, there's a saying you know politics is war without bloodshed, war is politics with bloodshed so it becomes more of a political game. So I don't know if that thought ever went through your mind at that early age, but you know, at the age you are now, in you know, early mid thirties, what are your thoughts on going to the military? You know, fighting for a country that doesn't always fight for us as black men and black women.
1: Uh, my thoughts are like this: It depends on where you're at in your life,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. yes, you may be going. <clears throat> I don't think everybody's notion is to go fight for their country. I mean, okay. that's what you're doing, but it's no different than me going to work for Wells Fargo and I'm um, working for them to provide loans for people and bank accounts so they can store their money. It's no different. You're just fighting for a cause. You probably don't understand.
0: Right. That is true. I mean, cause even, you know, a lot of the companies that we work for have very, uh, racist and unequal policies and, and practices, you know, we've seen that with uh, a lot of banks who deny loans to certain people because, and they may not state it like this, but people get denied loans because of, you know, ethnicity, background, you know, whatever the case may be. So, you know, I, I can see your point there because you're, you're doing a job, you're not necessarily looking at it from the standpoint of, well, I'm fighting for a country who doesn't fight for me. This well... I need, I need a job. job. Yeah. yeah, sometimes
1: you you have to put you have to be selfish mm-hmm. if that's what you feel like is gonna um, launch you up to the next level. Sometimes you got to just do that. I mean, you don't know. Some people don't know where their next meal is coming from. Or how they mm-hmm. gonna afford this? Or how they gonna afford these three kids? So in some situations, I think it's better. Um, my brother went into the military and he actually made a career of it. He did it because he went to college. When you got out of college, you had like $60,000 in school loans. They said, hey, we'll pay these school loans off. You give us four years. He said, okay. And he got his school loans paid off. So, I mean, it's like you use what
0: you can. It becomes a means to an end. Basically.
1: Right. But you got to have, it's also It's also like a job. You got to have a plan.
0: Right, right, right.
1: You got to right. have a plan.
0: And I completely get that. I mean, from, from that perspective, the way you just pitched it, makes sense. You know, you have a a plan that, you know, this isn't my end-all, be-all, but I'm using this to get me to the next level. I think of it, not necessarily from just the job perspective, but when not necessarily from the job perspective, but when we have soldiers, American soldiers, military, who are, you know, literally fighting, killing for their country. And that's the piece that I personally take more of an issue with because especially as a black man a black woman in America how can you go to another country and kill somebody you've never even met but our real war is here in America but
1: see the problem with that is that gets so high level in politics that
0: exactly war is politics yeah war is politics that's 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 all it is
1: that's not the the military per se not the people in the military they're just doing an assignment at the end of the day, they're doing what they're called upon to do to work to make that check. So
0: I mean even I, if it means killing somebody.
1: Yeah. I mean, because when you sign up, you don't necessarily know I mean, even my job, I guess I can say I killed a person. It might not have been directly, but I had something to do with the the whole structure of
0: right, right. the
1: ship. Like, so for instance, if I make sure the communication gear works so they can communicate to the radar control, that communicate to the fire control, to fire a missile off and hit a country, what yeah. not accomplished? Yeah. So yeah. it don't matter what your job is. It's everybody in there doing one job to get one thing done, and that's whatever the pol- politicians want to be
0: done. And that's the picture, that's the bigger picture that people have to understand when you look at and you know, military is just a topic that we're talking about today. But you know, it can be any job. You have to look at well, I'm doing this job, yes, so I can get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But how is this job perpetuating the machine, the, the killing machine, the the racist policies, the racist tactics, the inhumane murders, and all that? So you really have to look at the bigger picture. And I completely get that we have to look at. Our options at the time, our options that are presented to us, but that's when you really have to attack this thing from the ground level. Because going back to your scenario, you said uh, you didn't go to college because of you know financial. I didn't go to college right away, yeah. Yeah, you didn't go to college right away uh-huh. because you know the financial aid or the uh, the cost of the tuition. Correct. Um, and you know I get that, but we also have to, especially in twenty nineteen, where there's so many options out here other than. Going to college and going into debt. Let's not put ourselves in a situation to where we have to rely on whatever option is presented to us. Because I get, you know, you do the best that you can do with what you know. But in 2019, a lot of us know better. We just don't do better.
1: That's true. But I mean, not and not saying the military is a bad choice. Because like I said, if you have a plan, you can use the military to your advantage.
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially, you know, like uh, you said, it was his brother, right? Yeah, my brother. Yeah, got his uh, college tuition. And paid then he off.
1: re-enlisted four more years and got his master's. Yeah. And he went in as an officer, started getting real money. And mm-hmm. this it's kept going from there. Now his kids don't have to pay for school. And, you know, his wife has gone back to school. And, you know, she she was in school. She get to go back to school. They pay for it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. lots of different things, you know, that you get out of that. I'm not... Again, I'm not doubting it because I think a lot of great people have served in the military. Some people I work with that serve and they got what they needed to get out of it. I think it's funny because a lot of people may look and say, oh, in the military, you're going to attribute to killing people. But do you not know that some of these companies you work for, even the companies mm-hmm. that you feel like aren't even close to the military, have some of the backing? Mm-hmm. These banks, you think they don't back military causes? The you money comes from somewhere. Exactly. You don't think mm-hmm. these electric companies or these power companies don't power the ships or the planes mm-hmm. or have anything to do with that. So in some point of fashion, we're all involved in it and we just don't know it because we're so, we're so minute or we're so at the bottom level mm-hmm. that we would never know how far up it goes.
0: Yeah. It's all. It's connected. I, I, oh, oh, absolutely. The military is just one example. And, that, and that's why I mentioned that statement earlier. I mean, like you just said. There's a lot that we don't know that we contribute to that's killing yeah. our own race and killing other people. It's yes. It could be as very indirect, but it does happen.
1: Even in the States, you think about it, and I'm trying not to get off course, but I mean, if somebody worked for a financial institution that buys up the hood and changes it into, uh, you know, these high rises and duplexes, didn't they just kill off the places where we stay?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: It ain't no Absolutely. different that's why I was like if a person wants to go to the military do what you think is best I'd rather a person go to the military and get uh, structure to sit on the street and get money from us by our taxes
0: mm-hmm. very good point yeah, I don't disagree with that at all don't disagree with that at all at the end of the day and not to get too far away from the topic right, of the right. military but at the end of the day the solution is always the same for us as a black culture and a black community Ownership. Yep. Investing in each other. Entrepreneurship. Power. That's the solution, so that we don't have to work for companies, uh, mm-hmm. entities who mm-hmm. have unjust regulations, mm-hmm. policies, mm-hmm. things that actually keep us down. I mean, there's a reason why they, why government officials, or excuse me, not government officials, military officials. Get their education paid for. Yeah, we want to pay you to keep this machine going. We want to pay you. We want to sub. We are going to subsidize you to continue to put your energy into this machine. You're right. Yeah,
1: and use the tools. Like again, yeah. use the tools you're given. If you go into the military, they offer great tools. I mean, it took me a while, but I learned that they gave me a special loan because I went to the military and I was able to buy a home. Mm-hmm. Using that loan to get a low interest rate, and right. if they're gonna give it to you, you no, know, I don't think I had no down payment, I had no PMI, mm-hmm. so why not use the two exactly?
0: They get? And also, the bigger thing that I look at with your situation is the career path you chose. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, that tra- it was a trade. Yeah, it was a trade. Yeah. So I look at some of the things that uh, you're working on now that you're that you're doing now. I mean, even your job now is still tied into technology, a full-time job, and it things is. that you're doing outside of that are still tied yeah, into technology. technology yeah. So regardless of which path anybody chooses, always use the tools that are given. What, yes. And not necessarily just physical tools, but I'm talking about education, yes. experience. You know, Every opportunity is a learning experience, so use that to your advantage.
1: Because when I got out the military, um, I went straight to college. Right. I didn't use like military money. Um, I ended up getting hurt while I was in the military. I dislocated my knee, so um, I had to get out early. And when I got out, I'm still a veteran because it wasn't like a. a
0: Hold on, now. you you ain't you ain't injured not, your knee on purpose, did you? So you. No,
1: I actually was playing basketball like I love to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was. I think I was playing ball, dislocated. and I was like, oh.
0: And still playing ball in 2019. And
1: still with a limp, as you would call it, ESO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got out, and because I, I had an honorable discharge, I'm still considered a veteran. Yeah. You know. And so with that, when I went to apply for college, they were like, oh, well, since you're a veteran, we give special uh, entrance. Like, um, if you were to go as a regular student, you may, I don't know, I'm trying to think back then what was so different. Um Oh, uh, one of the things I didn't have to do was I didn't have to take an SAT. I didn't have to take an SAT to get in. I had
0: um, because you had already taken the ASVAB. I had already taken the
1: ASVAB, so my stuff didn't have. I didn't have to take the same test. I had already took a test that accounted for it. So they were like, "Hey, you can go ahead." And that's when I ended up going to UNC Charlotte. And um, because they give you special interest, why not take what they give you? I think sometimes in our community, you feel like it's a handout. It's a tool. Use it. If they're gonna give it to you, why not use what they give you?
0: That's a funny thing you mentioned, and I'm not gonna segue too deep into what I'm about to say, but corporations are some of the largest recipients of handouts. They yes, just don't call them handouts. They call it, uh, you know, bailout money or oh, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. You know, grants. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the case. That's handouts. You know, that's large corporations are the biggest recipients of welfare oh you you're right you're right they just don't call it welfare
1: (laughs) they think people think that corporations don't get tax refunds they get the biggest tax refunds
0: they get the biggest credit incentives and kickbacks
1: so why not use what you're able to use if they're going to give it to you they're going to get you one way or the other so the government will sit here and say hey we're going to rape you this way but if they give you something, take it because they already took three
0: times as much from exactly. it. Exactly. So take some back. They, all they're doing is giving you a little bit back of what they robbed exactly. from you in the beginning. Exactly. That's all it is. Exactly.
1: But uh, again, like I said, military life was—it's not horrible. I mean, you get through the pains of anything. Um, they do so much great stuff for you. They pay for school, and depending on where you stay, it they give you what's called a—it's uh, a stipend where they actually give you money towards housing and. Mm-hmm. If you're married, you know, they take care of you. So I, I'm not going to down the military. A lot of people would, but, you know, I think the military is actually uh, a good service if you know how to use it. Just like you said, if anything, if you know how to use it correctly, then it can actually be a great thing. But right. if you go in there blinded, they can use you just like any, any other corporation or business will. They will use you and get what they want out of
0: you. You're exactly right. So we have to learn to think ahead, have a plan and use it to your advantage Yeah, Is I mean it?
1: people think that oh if I go in the military I can't be an entrepreneur oh if I go in the military I can't you know have wealth I have a friend right now he's still in the military and I think right now he, ha- he has almost a million dollars in, in property mm-hmm. he's still in the military it's not a difference it's just how you move right You 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 watch how you move out here in these streets you can actually make a good thing with yourself I think a lot of times we're not watching our moves. We're watching everybody else and we're trying to, you're trying to follow everybody else. But if you make smart moves, the smart moves you make will make you in a better position
0: later. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that word following everybody else. Cause that will be a future podcast topic. Follow the leader. Mm-hmm. Everybody's following, one. but who's a leader?
1: That's a big one. Yeah. That's
0: a big one. But you, you got any closing thoughts, man?
1: Um, no, it was cool, man. Talk about my past, man. It's something, you know, I'm not ashamed of. I mean, yeah. it made me who a uh, big part of who I am. Um, I always tell you I'm not perfect, but, you know, I feel like I've done some good things in my life, and I'm always contributing that to my past. Um, anybody ever wants to go in the military, it's not, it's not as bad as you think. Just make sure you get your information down. Know what you're doing. Don't sign anything until you read it that's absolutely major (laughs) any contract anything you read it first knowledge is knowledge is key read it know what you're signing and then sign it and then go make sure you ask that's another thing when you're going into these places if you decide like i want to go in the military ask for what you want ask for money hey are there any bonuses um are there any incentives Um, how many years am I doing? If I do an extra year, do I get more money? I mean, you just need to ask. I think the biggest thing people do is want to sit back and let it come to them. Just ask the question. It don't hurt to ask.
0: And you have to know what to ask. So... Reach out to other people. Exactly. Reach out to others because I'm sure most folks know somebody who's served in some form of capacity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the day, even if you don't, there's resources out here. Do your research. Everything... It's technology-based. You can have the information in the palm of your hand. This phone that we have attached to our hips, it's the most powerful device if you use it, it the is. way it needs to be used to find out what you need to know.
1: And I guess the last thing I'll say, you know, I think we should give more respect to people that do it. Because, like,
0: they, they do... They join the military? Yeah, I mean, they okay. do an
1: extra step. I mean, getting a job in the corporate, that that's that's good. I think, you know, everybody if that's your path that's your path but when people go join the military they are kind of sacrificing bits bits of their life to do things for us as well so Mm -hmm. i I sometimes get mad when businesses don't acknowledge veterans i ain't say you got to give them something just acknowledge you're a veteran you did something that another person didn't have the the dignity to say hey you know what i'm gonna go do that because
0: nobody else will absolutely absolutely Absolutely. Um, you always have to give respect where respect is due.
1: Yes, in any form or fashion.
0: Right. I think you know now in 2019, with so much that we've seen as far as you know the picture that's trying to be, that has been painted, that black people have a problem with the military. Like, no, it's it's not that. We have a problem with a lack of justice. Sure. We have no problem with veterans. Mm -hmm. You know, we have respect for that. But that picture has been painted now so that gives the image that black culture anti-military right that's not the case yeah, that's right
1: people get mad at me they like you work at Wells I hate Wells I'm not Wells <laughs> I, ain't, I didn't mess your yeah. bank account yeah. up I ain't Wells
0: I'm Jamie <laughs> yeah. why are you mad at me <laughs> I hear the same thing with Duke oh you work at Duke Man, they charge me this much of my electric bill. i like, shoot, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no free electric. <laughs> hey, well, as always, y'all, we appreciate everyone who's been listening to us and rocking with us from week to week on this Hidden Truths journey, this Hidden Truths podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, listen from week to week, subscribe so you can get all the latest episodes that we're putting out there for your listening pleasure. As always... Catch us on all social media platforms and all listening platforms, Hidden Truths Podcast. As always, kings and queens, stay up, we out.